Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Such a Lady True Crime Podcast where we talk about all the crazy things that women do in the name of love. Um, (laughs) If you are tuning back in, welcome back fam. If you are new, listen, like I say, kick your shoes off. Grab a glass of wine. Well, it's probably early. I don't know. Well, I don't even care if it's early, girl. It's a three-day holiday. Um, grab a glass of wine. Like I said, <laughs> listen, that's your business. Ain't nobody judging you. And make yourself comfortable while we talk about all these crazy love stories. Um, hopefully, you guys are enjoying a three-day weekend. Like, this was a long week. And you guys always, always come at the right time. Like Lashana um, Roser. Now, sis, if I missed your name, I'm so sorry. I am. But so mama, listen, she had a rough week. And on this particular day, we was at the emergency room. It was rough. I was like over it. Mama was acting like she couldn't help do nothing. And I got the message. I was like, y'all are just so sweet. Like, y'all really are. She was like, I just feel like um, you're a long lost friend. Y'all don't realize y'all are my friends, like in my head. Like, so I don't know if I need to take some pills because of that or what. But in my head, y'all were really my friends. So I could definitely not do this without y'all. So thank you, um, Lashana, for encouraging me. I'm going to get your information because I would love for you to be our such a lady of the week. Um, also, shout out to Takara because, baby, that message that you sent me was right on time. Like, I needed to look, I'm, I'm reading it, doing an ugly cry. You ever get a text message that make you stop? Like, and don't be arguing. Like, for real, do not argue with somebody because, listen, I didn't been in Walmart and stood at the same spot for like three hours arguing with somebody. Like, for real, then left the groceries there. That's how I pissed off. Like, when you start texting and it be serious, listen. So, I got that text and I'm picking up the prescription and I'm just crying like the ugly cry. So, it just means a lot. Um, this week, um, I, I God has definitely shown me the people, you know, people are pouring into me, you know, like I just feel so special for the circle that, um, I have, and I thank you guys for that. So also, um, shout out to Danielle on the new house. Um, I'm so, we, we are so excited for you, y'all. Her house is bomb. Um, I know because I looked it up on Zillow. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. I did not. But listen, one time I did. Listen, because cause here's the thing. It was this girl. We was at work and she was telling me about how nice this guy's house was that she was dating. And I was like, okay, so maybe we wasn't at work. Okay, maybe we was at home. Hint, hint. But we know nah, I'm lying. We was at work. We was at work, not working like always. So, um, <laughs> and so she was telling me about how big his house was. He had a pool and all this stuff. And I was like, you ain't got no pictures? Like, sis, why you come over here and you telling me about this house that I can't see? So she was like, no, I don't have no pictures. I was like, do you have his address? And she was like, yeah. So I typed it in on Zillow. Baby, we saw every inch cranny. His house was nice. It listen it was nice she was like oh that's really nice I'm like oh baby listen does he have a brother do you (laughs) because I'm telling you I will find out and so we found out and so it listen nice house beautiful beautiful pool I've never seen it in person but I'm telling y'all take my word so no congratulations sis we can't wait to um, support you in your ventures. And um, Takara, listen, sis has a blog coming out. I'm so excited for y'all. Do y'all not understand? I cannot wait to support y'all. I want to hear more about what all of y'all got going on because to me, I just love to support y'all. Like, I kid you not, I talk about the women um, who do these things because I have a heart for y'all. Like, I actually love y'all. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't change it. It'd be times I'd be so pissed off at y'all. I'd be like, dang, y'all don't be supporting or nothing. Like, oh my gosh. And I'd be like, oh my God, y'all don't be liking the polls. Y'all don't be going to the website. Listen, y'all be making me mad. But no, I'm just kidding. Y'all don't. I love y'all. Y'all are the greatest. But I'm just saying that I absolutely love y'all. And I wonder if, like real talk, 
I wonder if some of the ladies that we talk about would have had different outcomes if they had different circles. Because like growing up, I tried to fit in. I absolutely did try to fit in. And um, <laughs> and like when I was 19, I remember uh, us having a party one time. And we wasn't old enough to drink, but my friend's mom was super cool. Her mom and dad were, they were like, listen, whatever y'all want to do, just make sure y'all all stay in the house as long as everybody's in the house. So like they would, we would have alcohol, all kind of stuff we wasn't supposed to be having. But we... I guess we knew we were safe because we were at the house. And so this one particular time, my homegirl had gotten so drunk, y'all. I'm telling you, like, she had gotten so drunk, we had to go wake my friend's parents up and be like, hey, listen, we can't get her to chill out. Because, like, she was humping this huge stuffed animal and she wouldn't listen she would not stop and like she she had on some overalls because we thought we was in the in the gang we was pure passion gangster so um she was like trying to take her overalls off so it was bad so when my friend's mama came in there um she was like listen we're gonna have to call her mom and we knew that we could not call Tisha's mama because listen she was like a churchy going woman like she didn't play like I don't even think she knew that she was going to a party she probably thought we was going to bible study or something like that's <laughs> that's how um serious she was so she ended up having a call to girl's mama and her mom comes over there and Tisha's still drunk as hell she ain't sobered up we didn't told her her mom's on her way Tisha ain't she don't care she's still over here humping his bird her mama get there she like what kind of party is this and everybody's looking like oh my god it's good listen she told her mama that somebody has spiked her punch so when her mama finally let her out of the house finally 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 I remember going to go pick her up one time and her mama was like Tisha you better not even drink the water and I was like <laughs> and I was like, you were so wrong for making your mama think that somebody spiked your drink when you be the first one looking for the alcohol. Listen, fun times. But I say all that to say, that's what I was doing at 19. Like I was like, I guess I was, that was my 19. I definitely was not like our next um, toxic love story gone wrong. Um, her name is Michelle. Hughes and let's be clear it's not Michelle it's Michelle there's a difference because honey was sitting on gold and her parents knew that when they named her that that's why it's Michelle and not Michelle because baby this story has so many twists and turns and I was tired of, <laughs> I was tired by the time I was done but what's so crazy though is I don't know if y'all are readers or if y'all you know just be watching you know the channels on TV and y'all will start watching a show and be like, oh, this is going to be good. And then after you get into it, you be like, oh, I didn't seen this before. They didn't just change up the episode or it's like a updated version, you know, or started the story out. That's why, listen, that's why I say, listen, if you want to be start a business, do something, do not be dismayed by the people who have businesses just like yours. There is more than one way to skin a cat. I tell you, listen, I tell the same stories that half of y'all have already heard. But y'all are so kind that y'all just listen to me go on and on. And then half the time I stray away like a squirrel and come back and forget what I was talking about. So that alone, you know, if y'all got y'all's life together, y'all already got one up on me. Because every week I'm trying to decide what's what's going on so listen if you look if you thinking about it and it's been on your heart now go be great now I'm, we finna get into the story but I just wanted y'all to know like Michelle was she was about her business and she wasn't just a talker she was a doer because at the age of 19 she decided that she wanted to leave Louisiana and go be a model in New York so she did exactly that. She packed up her bags and moved to uh, Beverly. I mean, I'm sorry. She packed up her bags and she moved to New York City. <laughs> so when that did not work out for her, she wasn't like, listen, I'm going to go home. No, she didn't. Um, she decided that she wanted to move on and she ends up working for the great Alaskan Bush Company. Now, I'm like, dude, sis went from being a model to jump uh, working at the brick company that was a big jump but 
I was loud and I was wrong because actually the um, Great Alaskan Bush Company is not a beer company. It's actually where Michelle worked as an exotic dancer. So, yeah, so, yeah, she she was in there. But beer, they served the beer there, so I wasn't that wrong. So, I mean, your mama. Okay, so, <laughs> now while Michelle, Michelle, and I tell y'all not to get it confused with her, I go, I, I know this girl's name, but I'm telling y'all my mind, it legit does not want to do names right. And especially since, you know, Y'all know that I got an issue with it in my mind. Just definitely want to be messing up these people's names. And I'm so sorry. But anyway, so Michelle worked as an exotic dancer. And one of her friends I would read would say that she didn't really work too hard as an exotic dancer. She was more of a talker. So she would go and she would sit down with the men and she would talk to them and like she would listen. And sometimes that's what, you know, men just needed someone to listen to them but she also would leave with a lot of the men so uh her friend said that you know she thought that she did you know a little something strange for some change but listen that's her business okay michelle was getting paid she knew what she was coming for when the model thing didn't work out she was like listen plan b (laughs) activated and she went and decided she was going to get paid by being this exotic exotic dancer so that's fine nobody's judging her and she while she's working there she meets this guy named um scott hilkey it reminds me of milky that's how i had to remember milky hilkey so scott milky um he came in and he sees her and of course she's 19 um, all of the men that we're going to talk about today who Michelle dealt with were all 10 years older than her and plus. So, of course, you're an older guy and you go into this this strip club and you see this 19-year-old and she's giving you attention. What are you going to do? You're going to spend some money. She knows what she's doing and you know what you came for. So, that's I, I'm thinking that's what Scott was thinking. But apparently... They started a relationship and Scott was buying her things and she was in love and they ended up becoming engaged. So Scott asked her to marry him and apparently she said yes, but she's still working at the Great American Bush Company. And while she's working there, sorry guys, I think I'm getting sick. While she's working there, she meets Kent. Lepec, I think that's how we're pronounced that. Lepec. She meets him. Now, when she meets him, she, I guess, is single or so she tells him that. And he falls in love with her. And he doesn't fall in love with her. Like, he, like, trips, stumbles, like, like it's bad. Like, it's really, really bad. But I also feel like um, Kent had a lot going on too. And like reading and some of the research that I was looking at, he was one of those people that like, when he fell in love, he fell in love. Like he was all in. And he ended up in Alaska because he had some issues that he was running from because apparently um, Kent had done some embezzling. um, And then also he had borrowed like tens of thousands of dollars um, from friends and family members to finance a boat. Now, I don't, I don't understand because I just, here's my, my reasoning on that. Like if you need gas money, I got you. Okay. Listen, if you need $50 till you get paid again, I got you, but I just can't see. Don't come to me asking me, can you borrow money to finance a boat? Do, Do I even own a boat? That's the question. If I don't got it, please don't ask me for money for you to get it. That's not even me being a hater. That's just saying, if I don't got it, don't ask me for money for you to go get it. If I don't got a boat, why am I finna help you finance a boat? I'm not. So that's why Ken didn't ask me for the money. Because I wasn't going to be able to say yes. Because I'm not. I don't have a boat. Okay. And so, um, (laughs) so he financed, he got all this money from these people. And then he went to Alaska. And I guess this was supposed to be his way of starting over. 
He was going to live on this boat and he was going to make better choices. He wasn't going to embezzle any money from anybody here. This was just going to be a better life for him. Kind of like how Michelle came there, you know, I guess for a better life. Because listen, let's let's be honest. Strippers can make a lot of money. Like this girl had a house. She had cars. She had men buying her things. So she wasn't broke. I'm sure if she was, she would have just went back home to her family. She wasn't. She was in Alaska doing her thing. Like at the time that she met Kent, she like had her stuff together. You know what I mean? Like guys were buying her furs and stuff like that. And then here comes Kent and He's head over heels, so he's buying her whatever she wants. Scott's buying her whatever she wants. I'm sure there's other men who are just coming in, you know, and they're just breaking her off something just for her time and, you know, whatever they do behind the closed door. So I um I'm sure she wasn't struggling at all. So she was she she was living her best life. Now, from what I read, so so let, let's just make sure we're all on the same page because I'm I get confused easily. So she starts working at the strip club in 1994. She meets Scott Hilke. And then after she meets him a little down the road, she meets Ken um, LaPink. OK, so she's dating both of these guys and they know about each other. So that's why I said, this is why her name is Michelle and not Michelle. Because listen, sis, <laughs> she was different. She had Kent knowing that she was with Scott. But he was just so in love with her that he, you know, was like, hey, listen, I, I can make her fall in love with me. But Scott felt like she had Scott thinking that Kent was like a brother to her. You know what I mean? Like a little poor lost puppy and stuff like that. It that was always around. Well, anyway, at one point in 1995, while uh, Michelle is still working at the, the, the strip club, because I, I was thinking why she just didn't quit. But I'm just thinking, why would she? Like, sis was about her money. Like, I wouldn't quit either. Like, why why, why fix it if it ain't broke? I'm going to stay there too. I'm going to keep getting what I can get. So she's there and she's getting her house remodeled. And she meets this guy named John, um, John Carlin III. Now, I tried to just call him John or just John Carlin. But John Carlin III, I like it. It, it go. It like it. It just go together on my tongue. So she meets John Carlin III at the Great American Alaska, Great Alaskan Bush Company. That's where she did. Listen, this place is popping. Okay. If ever I was a stripper, that's where I was going to work at because apparently this is where it's hot. So she meets him there. He comes in and it's really, it sucks because um, John Carlin III had just lost his wife to cancer and he had a son so he was a single father you know he he was just doing what he could to make ends meet so in my mind I'm thinking he had been at work all day you know his son had probably been crying he missed his mama John Carlin the third missed his wife so he going to the strip club I mean you know probably the this was the worst decision of his life but in his mind he like I'm just finna go get a bear you know he go in there he see this beautiful bombshell 19 year old Michelle you know what I mean and she, she comes over there and she's like hey how can I help you I'm Michelle and he's like Michelle she's like no it's Michelle and <laughs> And so she's like, what can I help you with? So she starts dating him. So, so, so we got Scott Milky. Then we got Kent, um, Lep, uh, LePink. Then we got John, um, Carlin the third. So she's dating all of these men at the same time. But sis is so cold that they know about each other. And she moves in to John, um, John Carlin the third's house. But she don't even just move into the house by herself when she first moved into the house while her house is being remodeled. She moves in with Kent. And so, like, during... Okay, I have to stop saying, like, so much. I'm so sorry. So, during the time that she is at, uh, you know, John Carlin the Third's house, Scott is there, and he knows that, like, 
she's messing with this guy. Now, Scott kind of leaves. He like rotates in and out. And so like sometimes Scott will come and then I guess Ken will get on the boat. But from everything I read, like there was always a total of three people in the house. It was always Michelle and two men. The men would rotate. Now, John Carlin III was always one of the men that was there, but Scott and Kent would rotate in and out. Now, Kent being there more often, more frequently. Well, they said that she was very affectionate with Scott. And from everything I read, it seemed like she probably liked Scott the most because in a 48-hour interview, she said that although all of these men said that they were engaged to her, the only one that she was actually engaged to and accept their proposal was Scott Hilke. Well, that was crazy because um, Kent legit thought that they were going to get married. Like he was writing letters to her saying, hey, let's just go get married now. Like we can go to the courthouse. Like I think he even sent me an email asking, could I marry them? I don't listen. He was ready to get married then. He was, I kid you not. And he had even wrote, he had even wrote home to his family talking about her. Um, But Michelle would say that that was a lie, that Kim was actually gay and that she was doing him a favor by telling him, by telling people that she was in a relationship with him because she was trying to help him save face because she didn't want, um, he didn't want his family to know that he was gay. Well, his mom was like, that's a lie because if he was gay, it wouldn't have mattered to us. We would have loved him anyway. I mean, he didn't embezzle this money from us also, and he didn't took this money for this boat that, you know, tens of thousands of dollars we still love him so if he was gay like we're gonna be there he's our kid we love him nothing would have changed so like come with something else michelle that's not gonna work and so um she was saying so he was a lot like and then she said like john carlin the third was more of a brother to her so john what john carlin was more like a brother and then Kent was more like a bother. That those were her words. And I'm like, dang, these these men that's funding your life and you talking crazy about them like that. Like I, I'm just saying, I don't understand. But listen, I guess you do what you want to do when you pop in. But I was I was also confused because this this is why I couldn't be a stripper. Well, okay, because back then they didn't have no big girl stripper clubs, but now they do. And I went to Miami. This is why I came. I went to Miami one time and, and, um, we went to a pole dancing class and baby, here's the thing. I didn't see some big girls be able to get up on that pole. I am not one of the ones that is able to get up on that pole. The whole time, <laughs> the whole time we was there, I never mastered the art of being able to swing my leg around. And that was the only thing we were supposed to do while we was there. I didn't. And I don't know if I was concentrating too hard or what. So unless I could be a stripper and not have to deal with the pole and not know how to dance, then I'm just going to have to stay here and tell y'all these toxic love stories. Because apparently Michelle was able to drop it. Michelle. Michelle was able to drop it like it was hot. Because she had all of these men, listen, wrapped around her finger. And so like, she would go with Scott on these trips. And when she would go with him on these trips, she would leave John Carlin III at home with Ken. Like, I don't, um, are these sister, husband, I mean, brother, husband, what do you call it when it's the men? It's okay, y'all let me know. Y'all correct me on everything else. Let me know when it's the men who are it. Are they brother wives? I don't know. I'm gonna look that up. We gonna we gonna get to the bottom of that one. So she is living her best life. She is. I don't know how long it's taking this house to be remodeled, and I don't know if she set this up so it will fall in line like this. But while she was living in this little love triangle, she talks Kent into taking out a life insurance policy. They decide to take out life insurance policies on each other. Now, I don't know if she took out the same amount on herself, but I do know that she took out a life insurance policy on Kent for $1 million. Then this heifer had the nerve to get mad 
when he asked her if he could be the beneficiary of her policy. Well, Hooker, you the beneficiary of mine. You the one to ask me, can we even go get these policies? Why do we, listen, why do you need a million dollar policy on me when I'm not even worth a million dollars? I owe over a million dollars to people. The math ain't math in Michelle. So listen, yes, I'm going to be the beneficiary. We're going to walk up out of here. So apparently she sucked it up buttercup and <laughs> she let him be the beneficiary of her policy. And she was listed as the beneficiary of his policy. Now she would go on to say that it was her and his father, but everything that I could see, it was just her listed as the beneficiary. And so, um, Kent talked, people always say men don't talk, women talk too much. Men talk because Kent was telling people that, he had took out this life insurance policy. He was talking to his attorney. He was talking to his mom. He was talking to his dad. He was talking to his friends. They were like, dude, are you crazy? Like even his brother was like, dude, you have a target on your back. Like you absolutely do. As soon as you got that policy, you have a target on your back. Um, because Michelle is going to kill you. Like, why did, why do you need that? And so, uh, you know, he's like, I'm in love, you know, we're getting married and stuff like that. But then she's starting to move differently. Like she's, she's acting funny. You know, he wants to get married, but she won't set a date. And, and then John Carlin, the third is over here in the cut chilling while she, he just waiting for his turn. Like for a legit, he really was, he was taking care of his son. Michelle was there. She was acting like she was, you know, his son's new mama, you know, she was playing the role. Like she was like a chameleon. Like she was whoever you needed her to be. Like, for real, she was bad. She was. Like, if you, if you think about it, like, if you really think about it, like, for you to be able to have all these men catering to you and they know about each other, you got to be a cold chick. Like, and if she was giving classes, I would take her class. Okay, so um, <laughs> I want to be a cold chick, too. I do. Listen, I just don't want to go to jail. But she was she she was bad okay and so when she would john was he was just waiting he was just waiting on his chance and so finally from what i read um scott was like listen i'm done i don't i can't do this anymore you got a lot going on listen i got money i don't need this i'm out so he leaves and supposedly they break up so then john and john you know carlin the third is like I, I just need to get the other one out the way, Ken. And so they start talking. And you know, pillow talk and stuff like that. And again, like I said, everybody was saying that she was really affectionate with Scott and even with John Carlin the third, but not with Ken. But he was still so in love with her. Like, you're going to have to give me a hug or something. You're going to have to give me a hug, a kiss on the cheek, rub my back, like a massage, something. You're going to have to show me that you love me. Like, I'm not just going to be sitting around looking at you love on everybody else. And you can't love on me, not even a little bit. Like, I don't like it. And I didn't like it for Ken. And it just wasn't fair. I'm just saying. I wanted more for him. Like, listen, don't do that. It's not okay. (sighs) Okay, so. Anywho, Kent's dad comes and he wants to visit him. And he also wants to meet this Michelle that his son is talking about. He wants to meet her. He wants to know what she looks like. He wants to see. I'm sure he wanted to see if she was sitting on gold too. Listen, the daddy probably wanted a piece of that too. I mean, if everybody else was it. Okay, yeah, listen, listen, I sometimes I go, I'm not going too far. The daddy probably did. He did. He was like, listen, everybody else is getting a turn. Listen, I'm coming down here. Because I, I didn't see nothing that said that the wife came to it was just the daddy so the the daddy didn't came down here but the daddy didn't came down here to meet michelle and she ain't nowhere to be found and kent is embarrassed can you imagine that you telling your dad that you're finna get married and this is the love of your life and like things are going great and all this stuff and when you your daddy get down here you can't even explain where your wife is at? Your soon to be wife is at. You don't know where she at. You calling her phone. She not answering. You sending messages through pigeons in a the bottle. They not coming back. You listen. It's bad. 
and your daddy's there too. And, you, and the daddy wasn't there for like just one day. So you know how like if somebody's going to do a turnaround trip, you could be like, oh, they leaving in the morning. No, his daddy was there for like four or five days. So for like four or five days, you got to keep hearing your daddy ask you where your fiance's at. And then you still don't know where your fiance's at. So it was embarrassing to Ken. Like I said, I didn't like it for him. So he's pissed and he's looking for his he he wants to know where his his fiance is at and he's like okay listen my daddy's gone it's getting serious i'm embarrassed he calls his mom and he's like listen she disappears like this sometimes but i'm going to go look for her i found this letter in her car and it says she's going up to this cabin in hope and i think that that's where you know she's gonna be at and so the mom is like listen son you gotta be careful and he was like i sent y'all something so he sent them a letter and in this letter was another letter but the letter says listen i need for y'all to put this letter up the letter that's inside of this letter it was like a a blues clues kind of thing he was like here's this letter but don't open up the other letter inside this letter until i die if i don't die you should never have to open up this letter but if i die then you gonna have to open up this letter and read it and so the mama was like oh wow so they put the letter up this is how you know his mama is such a good mama because i am so nosy i would open up that letter listen i am i'm not gonna lie to y'all if my son said don't open up this letter until something happened to me i'm open up the letter because like why did you write a letter knowing that something might happen to you like this sounds like something that can be printed prevented like this is preventative care on my part that's what i would tell him like i'm taking preventative measures to prevent whatever is in this letter that might happen like listen you playing games i'm playing games back but his mama was so sweet she didn't she put the letter up and she went and baked the cake like the good mother that she was and she didn't get to bake it for long because she ended up getting notified that her son was found dead um there were some line workers working and um they found kent shot three times um once in the face and what's so what's so petty is the fact that when you shoot someone like my brother had gotten shot before and so they shot him in the leg and then that wasn't enough like to shoot somebody in the leg you've already disabled them you know what i mean so unless they're like the hulk and they're gonna run at you and charge you knowing you have a gun and they're already shot then they're already down so the threat is gone so for you to walk up on them and shoot them in the head that's just crazy that's just a sign of power like you want them gone um and that's what they did to my brother they walked up to him they shot him in the head but thank god he didn't die but kent did die kent died they shot him in the head and it was sad because you know he's out here and he's found by workers he's not found by loved ones he's not he didn't die peacefully in his sleep or anything like that he died because somebody shot him and then somebody found him so it was just a horrible thing all the way around so he at this point they tell the mama so she goes into detective mode now she opens up the letter and the letter says if you're reading this that i'm dead and these are the people who probably killed me it's either gonna be michelle john carlin the third or scott um hilkey now take michelle down that's i think that's exactly what it said it said take michelle down and so it it was like that he was talking to them from the grave and so they're like okay we got to get this to the police and so they go and they you know talk to the police and things of that nature and they try to find out what's going on and they go and they talk to john um carlin the third but they don't have any they just have circumstantial circumstantial evidence and at this time this is a long time ago so they don't have cell phones uh towers that are hitting like all this technology that we have now they didn't have that then so they didn't have a gun they didn't have the weapon they didn't have any of that and then michelle wasn't even there she was in tahoe with scott i guess they was making up so she wasn't even there so it wasn't like they had anything to charge them on so the case went cold and so even though um you know kent had wrote that letter 
and sent it to his mom and it was like he was talking from the grave there was nothing that they could do because the police was like listen we don't have enough evidence to do nothing so like nine years goes past and it's just cold and um so then you know the cold case people i love the cold case people i really do because it's like they come in and they be like dang listen we finna we finna go in and we finna figure this out like you know no we no discredit to the people who couldn't before but listen we finna finish this up and we look we finna work it out and that's what they did so but what happens is a lot of times on the cold case um teams they will look through cases that they see have potential to be solved so they'll work those first like if if you know this case look like it ain't no leads no clues no nothing that's probably not one of the ones they're gonna work first so but this was one of the ones that they felt like look if we go in here we can definitely see if we can make it happen and when they started talking to the detectives that were on the case prior one of the detectives was like listen talk to the son talk to the son because when we went to talk to him before we couldn't really interview him because his daddy, John Carlin the Third, was like all over him. Like, like, dude, chill out. Can we holler at your son? But no, he was a minor. So of course he couldn't holler at him. So when they go and talk to John Carlin the Third's son, they get a surprise. Cause he's like, listen, you know, now his story did change. I'm not gonna lie, his story did change a couple of times, you know. But from what he said. Everything that came out of his mouth, he said that he saw Michelle and his dad washing out a big gun in the sink. They were trying to clean it. And so um, he's like, yeah, I didn't know what was going on. He was like, I was scared and I didn't say anything. He was like, in the way my dad was looking at me, he was giving me that look like you you better go sit down. Y'all know that look your mama give you like, don't ask no questions. Like you better just go back in your room. Like nothing happened. And that's what he did. And like, he kept it to himself. But you know, when they were interviewing him, like, you know, you got to go home to your daddy. So what do you do? You keep your mouth shut. And so that's what he did until they came back. And I know it had to be so hard for him to, you know, tell on your dad. I, I can't even imagine. But it also says a lot about him as a person that he didn't lie because he could have lied and been like, I don't know what happened. Like, that was a long time ago. That was nine years ago. But, but based on that testimony and based on the letter, they were they felt like they had enough. So they went and they picked up Michelle and they picked up John Carlin the third. Now, by this time, Michelle don't live in Alaska no more. She don't. She didn't move on to bigger and better things, baby. She didn't got her degree, a master's. She didn't um, get married to a doctor. She has a, a daughter. She's in the PTA. Listen, she she baking cookies. She ain't stripping no more. She ain't doing none of that. Like, all her clothes stay on now. Like, what are you talking about? Like, she is Susie Homemaker. So when they go pick her up, I'm sure she like, what the hell? Like, listen, I I got a cake in the oven. What? <laughs> listen, how long we gonna be? But they put a warrant out for her arrest. And she turns herself in. And then John... um. Carlin the third turns himself in and like listen when I tell you I want to love like Michelle's husband um the loved her the doctor because baby he was it it seemed like he was more stressed than she was and she was the one that was facing prison time baby every time I saw him on something he looked like he was about to have a, a nervous breakdown and here she is just looking like baby when is this gonna be over she said they told her to have a stoic look and she killed it because she looked like she didn't care. But baby, her husband, <laughs> I'm just saying, brother looked stressed. He did. Well, anyway, so um, John Carlin III, he goes first. His trial goes and his son testifies. And John Carlin III is kind of like, well, you know, uh, the... I was just taking up for Michelle. She like kept getting in trouble. She had a lot going on. I, I was always cleaning up her messes and that's how that happened. And they was like, yeah, that don't sound right. Cause she wasn't even there. She wasn't even there at the time that he was killed, but you was there. Okay. And your son said that you had the gun. So they sentenced him to 99 years in jail. So then it was Michelle's turn. And the, and she just knew she was going to go home because she had a PTA meeting to get to. She did. She knew she was going to go home. So when it was her turn, she tells them that she didn't do it. She Now, she does think John Carlin III did it. 
she does she thinks that he did it but maybe he did it because he was in love with her and he just loved her so much that it he just wanted everybody out the picture that's what she thought happened but the judge was like listen don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining michelle he said um you were the the person pulling the strings okay you were you were the puppet master okay and you made this happen your actions caused this so guess what you're gonna get 99 uh, years in prison too so then of course she just sitting there but her husband didn't broke down i'm listen if it ain't if i ain't look god if this ain't the kind of love i'm getting i don't want it i need for you to be as stressed as he was like for everything they'd be like shabar listen we finna um have to take your gallbladder i need for him to be crying okay look i need listen i need to know it's real <laughs> like he was he was listen he was on her side he really was because when she got sentenced to jail he stood by her side he didn't he wasn't going nowhere and they did an appeal um michelle and john carlin the third did an appeal and it sucks well i'm not gonna say it sucks but because he did i feel like he did kill him um but john carlin the third ended up being um bludgeoned to death in his jail cell so he didn't even get the chance to see if his appeal was approved or denied or turned over or what or if he was just gonna have to stay in prison or what so like he died like somebody shanked him and then but michelle she she said that when she went to jail she tried to stay out of the way so when she first got there she was you know like bartering and like doing stuff or you know like just trying to find out the way of the world while she was in prison but she realized she didn't really care for people too much so she got a job working and waxing the floors from like 10 30 at night to 6 30 in the morning so she didn't have to deal with people so she like did what she had to do to make life bearable for her while she was in there and she was like she would talk to her husband she had her own jail cell so she didn't have to share it with anybody so she was still like homegirl was still privileged in jail like michelle listen do you want to like get together and start like a class or something we can make it okay so anyway so she was in jail and she was in jail for like two and a half years in this i keep saying jail no she was not in jail sis was in prison okay she was in prison she was in prison for two and a half years before the alaskan um court decided that she was not given a fair trial they said that it wasn't fair that because she had a friend so she had a friend that she used to strip with like this was her in her old stripping days which they did try to get that thrown out they tried to get it thrown out that she used to strip because they said that either people either believe a woman can be a i don't want a lot of y'all they said she can either be a madonna or she can be a whore if you bring in the evidence showing that um michelle used to be an exotic dancer everybody's gonna look at her like she's a whore and the judge was like it is what it is though bro like she used to do it like so it's in like we can't change the history like she did it like she took off her clothes like we're not gonna lie to these people so um the evidence was in and so when her friend came she said that michelle had watched this movie called the last seduction and it was basically about what happened there was this lady in there and she convinced this guy who was in love with her to kill this guy for this insurance money and all this stuff and she ended up getting the insurance money and walking away but here's the crazy thing michelle didn't know that five days before he was killed Kent had went and changed that million dollar life insurance policy. He had listed his mom and dad, and I think somebody else as the beneficiary. So Michelle was no longer the beneficiary of that million dollar life insurance policy. Now she would go on to say that she had called to cancel the policy before, but if you're not the owner, you can't cancel the policy. I know that for a fact. Like, and I can't stand when, listen, if you are a wife, I don't care. Do not be calling in places acting like you own your husband. He is a whole person, okay? He is a whole person. Let him talk. Don't nobody care that you pay the bill. So we still need to verify who he is. Put him on the phone. I pay the bills. I know his social security number. I know you do. Put him on the phone. So she said she tries to call in and cancel this man's policy. 
No, you didn't because you can't. But he did. He went in there. He went in the office and he changed the beneficiaries. And it was sad because when he was found dead, he, dead, he still had the papers on him that showed that he had changed the beneficiaries on his policy. And the police didn't think anything of it. They were just like, oh, okay, like, you know, he changed the beneficiaries. They didn't think, oh, well, he changed it because he felt like somebody was going to kill him. So you did all this and then you didn't even get the million dollars but I mean, but I guess she ain't tripping because she married a doctor. I mean, she was, she was, she, I mean, she went on the plan. Listen, if it's one thing Michelle wasn't going to do is not have options. Okay. So when killing Ken didn't work, then she moved and she married the doctor. She got her degree and she was like, look, this is going to work for me. So she wasn't struggling, but when she went to jail, and then they were having a talk on the phone and then the lawyers and all that stuff and visiting Alaska, like their money started going down. But after the court said that, you know, the ruling was unjust, they let her go on bond. So they let her go. And they, the prosecution was trying to decide, do we want to pick this up again? Because we do not want to let a woman walk free if she killed this man, if she had anything to do with it. We don't, you know, we really can't do anything with John Carlin III because he's already dead, but we don't want to let her walk free. But here's the thing. The defense finds out that the prosecution didn't turn over evidence showing that there were several family members that came to the police and said that they thought that Kent's father was the one who killed him because remember he had went down there for a couple of days and then right after that Kent was dead so they were like he was pissed off because of the money that he had embezzled the money he had borrowed that he never gave back so they were saying that they needed to look at Kent's dad and nobody ever did that that was never given to the prosecution and so you I mean that was never given to the defense and so they were like listen it's a lot of stuff going on here. So we're not going to pick the charges back up. So they let her go. Like, and so she is now, well, so my nosy tail. So I look it up and it says that now she's the owner of the, um, Lord Jesus. What did it say? Of a Tacoma laser clinic in Washington. So I go online and the website is beautiful, but there's no mention of names. So it's like, um, the website is like, we offer, um, we love to do this. We provide these services. We, we, we like, is this French? No, we're, who is the owner? So I look up who is the owner of Tacoma laser clinic and it pulls up a LinkedIn profile of who the co-owner is. So I'm like, well, if there's a co-owner, there has to be owner so I keep digging like I didn't fell down this rabbit trail listen and it's it keeps going deeper and deeper so I come to find out that the co-owner's last name is Linehan well that is uh, Michelle's married name when she got married okay so you put two and two together so that that okay it can't that's not a coincidence but then I go to the website's LinkedIn profile and the owner's name is not Michelle Linehan but it's spelled Michelle and then it's spelled L-I-L-E-N-E-H-E-N so the name is spelled differently there's no state where you live and there's no picture now there are other pictures but listen I'm not mad at her because if there are people like me out there I wouldn't want folks messing up my money because I'm nosy so imagine all the other people that didn't heard her story and then went to look at her so then they didn't found her on this website and then they didn't left a review they ain't never went on her so she was like y'all ain't finna mess up my money which I'm not finna do is mess up my coins so that is our toxic love story gone wrong this week so this one went a little long but it was a lot going on like I mean she had three men and she listened and then she had the life insurance policy but I'm glad that she didn't get it and listen and here's the tip don't know about it you don't know for what if y'all don't even have a million dollars your husband do not need a million dollar life insurance policy on you it don't make sense for what 
It needs to be able to take care of the family if you pay. He don't need to be rich. You know, this that's not the goal of a life insurance policy, people. In case you did not know. I know a lot of y'all know, but if you didn't know, it's not so that your spouse can be rich when you die. It's so that they can be comfortable. It's to put them in a position because their loved one is gone. It is not so that they can be going out buying Lamborghinis and taking care of the new wife. Because listen, here, I will haunt you. Listen, I bet you, you'll go outside and that Lamborghini will be on fire. <laughs> you thought, you thought you came up, you finna go down. Um, but no. So what do y'all think? Do y'all think that, um, Michelle got off easy? Do y'all think that John, um, Carlin the third just did it on his own and he just was just that in love with her? Like she was just that bomb that he did it and, was willing to risk everything for her or do y'all think that she played a part in it and she just ended up getting off um and I and I I think that I my opinion is I think that she got off I think that she ended up getting off I think that she played a role and she played it well and now she's back home and she's the owner of this laser clinic and she's back on the PTA and um, she's still with her husband and he's still doing medicine and, you know, they're bringing in the dough, but you know, Kent is gone and it sucks because, you know, sometimes justice isn't always fair and that sucks. But Hey, listen, let's talk about it. Y'all meet me over at such a lady 30 on Instagram and at such a lady on Facebook. And I know y'all probably be like, she don't be on Facebook a lot, but I don't be seeing y'all on there a lot. You can also email us at, um, such a lady true crime at gmail.com. Also, did y'all see our keychains? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Our keychains, our shirts. I, like, all of this is made with love. It's made by me eventually for you all so like I I don't throw anything together I definitely take my time because it means a lot to me like I can't do this without you all so I don't just throw stuff together I don't throw episodes together I definitely want to make sure that if I'm if I'm giving it to y'all that it's the best because you all deserve it like you deserve the best in a relationship so if you are in a toxic relationship and you are looking for a sign this is it you don't have to wait on anybody to tell you to leave you don't have to think about it anymore just go um you don't want to be one of the episodes that we're talking about because you end up in jail or in the grave because you wanted to stay because you thought that person can change no when someone shows you who they are believe them so believe that i'll be here next week and i need to see you here too i love you guys and don't forget to be great on perfect on purpose thanks for tuning in to such a lady